Jake the Snake Roberts, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Junkyard Dogs, the British Bulldog, Hacksaw Jim Dugan, you name it. If it's out there, I'm going to watch it. Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and today we're playing dirty. This is, after all, a story of deceit, of cunning deception and trickery. Tim Ayers is back to talk about our family tree, but ain't nobody as slick as mama. Marin's here to talk about the story of Jacob and remembering God's promises. But before we put our hips back into socket, now that they've filled their bowls with red lentil soup, let's welcome in our favorite heel grabbers, Marin and Tim. Good day, guys. Good day. Wow. Nobody as slick okay. as mama. That's good. Um, <laughs> slick mama and the heel grabbers. Now there's a band for you. All right. I love it. About it. Is that yeah. the band we're starting? Yeah. yeah. Slick mama and the heel grabbers. Marin. Hi. A lot of uh, content. So much. For the pod this week. <laughs> <laughs> and... And since I'm up next time, I'm just going to play your sermon and then go. And that's the background. For what I <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Got to play the hits, man. Yeah. Uh, guys, what's new? How are you? Uh, uh, <laughs> where do I begin? Well, it's it's a mess around here. It Why don't is. we begin there? Let's start there. Yes, it is an actual physical mess. Yeah, there's the stuff green all room. over the floor. Um, there's a lot of work. Um, happening on the other side of this wall from us, we mm-hmm. got our new sound, uh, new soundboards being installed yeah. this week. Yeah. So, so what does that mean? Like for people who aren't like into the production world, what does having a new soundboard mean? It's a little bit like upgrading from like, like a box TV with bunny ears yeah. <laughs> to like a slick LED, you know, like wall mounted TV. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> it's a little bit like I that. love that you went there. That's where I went. Um, what what can we do with this new soundboard that we couldn't do before? Um, well, our old soundboard died. <laughs> so with this soundboard, we can have sound. It's not great. <laughs> On the weekend, um, we can hear the, yeah. the message being preached yeah. and the music being sung. We have had an interim like soundboard Mm -hmm. just kind of holding us over until Mm -hmm. this soundboard arrived Mm -hmm. and was fully installed. We've been, believe it or not, limited on the number of inputs we have, the Mm -hmm. kinds of things. This is where I was hoping you'd go when I asked the question. Well, but it's, it's, you're on a never ending quest of getting more vocalists (laughs) on the stage and your team has now like tripled the amount of channels we can put on stage and so you can have like 32 microphones going, unless the going at the Lord, same time up on stage. Unless the Lord builds the house. <laughs> <laughs> Those who labor, labor in vain. I might, <laughs> I've had this awesome, wonderful thing happen yeah. where so many people have come to me wanting to <laughs> yeah. sing on this team. Right before we yeah. started recording this podcast, I was responding to three potential new vocalists, getting them set up, getting them scheduled with auditions, yeah. um, which for me is super exciting. And it, I just love that there's so much ownership within our church and our congregation yeah. and they know that there's a place for them on this team and they want to be part of this yeah, team. So and you I make want room. them to be part of this team. I have to make room, Yeah, but that comes at a cost yeah. to my production team. Yeah, who are who's like, currently on a ladder. We cannot right behind fit us. one more vocalist <laughs> yeah. on that stage. Yeah. We don't have enough uh, outputs yeah. or whatever, but now we will. We will have them. So, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's a no, new day. It's I, a new yeah. day. Um, our, I have a friend who lives in Florida <laughs> who's like this really great guitar player. I think I've talked about him before, yeah. but he said that, their worship person just decided to let anybody who wanted to on stage and they have so many singers. I don't know. I don't even know if they all have enough. I don't know if they have enough mics for everybody. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've seen churches do that, but they meet in an old theater. And so they put him down in the, <laughs> in the old orchestra pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said that's because there's like, 90% of the church is now on stage singing when the service happens because the <laughs> worship leader can't say no to anybody. 
Wouldn't that be? Wait, maybe we could do that. Like, come hey, on down. Come on, come all. I come mean, on at down. that point, wouldn't we just start calling it a choir and just having a That's choir every said. week? <laughs> you know? We can't call it a choir though. That take that takes us out of being a modern, up to date. Yeah, sure. Oh, can't come say now, yeah. come now. No, it's really exciting around here. My production team is just like it's Christmas morning over the moon. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, the energy is through the roof, yeah. and I. I felt that even during worship this weekend, like just the energy was through the roof yeah. and it's such a good feeling to mm-hmm. just have that much mm-hmm. buzz and excitement. And yeah, everyone just loves hanging out with each other. Thursday nights are my favorite nights. Absolutely. Wow. The That's best. cool. Yeah, that is cool. really cool. Thursday night worship team rehearsal. Best night ever. All right. All right. So that's work stuff. That's work stuff. Personal stuff. <laughs> uh, you are one step closer to an empty nester. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about today? <laughs> we're doing that? That's well, where I we're mean, going? Like, I, 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 I follow your lead. You post <laughs> on social media. I respond to it. I don't you even post, know what I post. What you did post, I post a video of your 16 year old daughter driving away Who and you sighing and already been sniff- in an accident. Sniffling. Yes. No. Yesterday, Tyler. <gasps> this is breaking news. Breaking news. Gird your loins. I know, right? What happened? Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We can't talk about it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't have much to say about it outside of the fact that I'm sitting in my office and my new coworker husband sends me a text message <laughs> saying, Desi's fine. She's fine. She's okay. Oh, no. But she's, she's been in an accident. So she is okay. It does not appear to have been her fault according to the police report. But it's just one more dang thing, you know, and for a person like me, I'm a six on the Enneagram. I really struggle with worries founded and unfounded. But when something like this happens and proves my deepest fear and worry, it's just plain hard. It's just hard. So, yeah, I'm about to be an empty nester, as you say. (laughs) (laughs) The daggers coming out of Marin's eyes. It is a struggle. Yeah. So. Wow. So I'm responding because you posted a video. A lot of people responded to it yeah. saying, here's all the mama feels. Cause you're in the video watching Desi drive away and you're like, oh, <laughs> there she goes. You have no <laughs> you know, idea. So. Like just the, the anxiety I feel yeah. when I pull into my driveway and I don't see their cars Yeah, and I'm like, great. My heart will not be at peace until both of those cars are home safely and both of my kids are where they belong. Yeah. And not every parent feels that level of anxiety, but it's just part of the way I'm wired and I do, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate the parents who are like, oh, that is so awesome. Independence is great. That's great. That's not where you are. Way to go, mom. (laughs) You're you're learning this. Yeah. Um, Uh, yeah. But she's okay. Everybody's good. She's okay. Of course she's shaken up, you know? Um, But- but she's okay. Those Fisher's drivers, man, you got to watch mm. out. <laughs> it's the roundabouts <laughs> yeah. telling you, Tim, what's new with you? Um, new. Yeah. I've been sitting here actually listening to Marin, wondering where all my compassion and stuff. <laughs> it's, like, oh, no. it's like all the stuff she's talking about. It's never, it's never registered on. I mean, yeah. You didn't get, worry about your kids when they first started like, driving. Get out of here. No, actually this is kind of funny that when Jacob first got his license, um, a friend had a car that was, I mean, this has been a long time ago, but it was a car that was literally a block long. <laughs> you know, it, oh, yeah, it, it had a, it had a sink in the back seat. It was <laughs> wow. that big, you know, it was like, and he could put literally the whole swim team in it. Okay. And if he hit somebody, they are, they just started writing the other people's uh, obituary. I mean, uh-huh. it was such a big tank. solid. A yeah. Tank. Yeah. And he drove it. Um, He couldn't, he would have had to been really whacked where he went. Mostly mm. he just drove to swim practice, but, I didn't worry about him at all in that car. Mm, yeah. My daughter drives a Scion. Well, she did. It's undrivable at this it's point. It's cube. But it is a tiny tin box. That's that's what I refer to it as. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they might have made tin boxes when Jacob. Don't act like you're a big chef. So how old is Jacob? I'm trying to think. I think he's 46. He might be 46. Hmm. Maybe 47. I don't know. He, but he that was a long time ago. So the cars are really different. It was, it was an Oldsmobile. Yeah. But a big one. Yeah. And it was given to him by 
a friend at the church. They mm-hmm. says, you want this car? And so I said, yes. Yeah. How long was it before? I assume you guys have been in car accidents. Have you been in car accidents? I've honestly, I've never had one. Oh. I've never even been pulled over by the police. Yeah. Like I've never been responsible for a car accident, yeah. but I was in a car once what? that my boyfriend was driving and I, I was hit <laughs> mm. on the passenger side while he was driving. Tim, you've never been pulled over? Well, I was once for having a tail light out. <laughs> oh my. But um No, I, it's not that I'm a great driver or anything. I just yeah. haven't ever been pulled over. You're just not in a hurry to get places. Within, no, I'm no different than anybody else. Within mm-hmm. like four months of me getting my license, I had been pulled over and a garbage truck ran over me while I was in the car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. the best story. <laughs> That's, I, yeah. A garbage truck backed into you, yeah. right? Like yeah. I was, I was behind a garbage truck, uh, on one Oh six street heading towards Hazeldale and he missed a stop and stopped abruptly. I stopped behind him. He just threw it in reverse and backed over top of my car Mm-mm. so he can get his trash. <laughs> I was fine, but were you thinking, Oh no, you wouldn't have been thinking this. You wouldn't have been thinking, okay, I'm just going to let him do this because I need a new car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I just remember thinking he's, he's going to stop. Like he sees me. Of course he sees me. Why would he? No, he's not stopping. Oh, he's, he's, oh, here it comes. Right. So like I learned defensive driving in high school. That's yeah. what they called it. And like we had a, I, I learned in Illinois. So we had like a driving range and like a, part of the parking lot that was just for practicing. And we had like uh, simulators, driving simulators in our school. Wow. Like that's how they do it in Illinois. You guys around here just are like, yeah, if you learn, you learn. (laughs) (laughs) Where I come from, we were like taught thoroughly by trained instructors. And maybe that's what Desi's missing. I don't know. But anyway, we were, we were taught (laughs) that everyone on the road is like out to get you. Oh. And so you need to watch out for them jokers on the road. <laughs> right. And so they would have been like, you know, that truck might back up on top of you. What are you yeah. going to do? What What's you your escape do? path? What's your route? Let's What's try it in a simulation. Route? Right. Sheesh. I have right. no memory of driver's ed other than a huge turtle crossed the road in front of me. <laughs> what? And, and stupid Tim promised the girl that was assigned to me to be my partner and driver said that I would put her name on the first album that I ever made. Wow. And let me just say driver's that driver's has got to be good for something. When wow. that first album came out and I put in the thank yous, Martha Huber, my <laughs> wife, my wife was what I would call, um, restrained. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I could feel the volcano in her heart going off because- A promise I, is a promise, man. I thanked Martha Huber. If you're out From there, Martha, yeah. you should have come to the 50th reunion so I could have said you- I can't- I, have I don't have no, any regrets in this life. No, she would have brought that album and made you sign yeah, it. I have no idea why I promised her that, but it's one of those things you remember doing. Sure. She was the kind of girl who said to you, I was thinking about asking you to the turnabout dance, but I thought better of (laughs) someone else. She just would just straight up say that. Straight up. In fact, this boy had that said to him three times. Three times I had someone say to me, and they're only three years in high school. And there are only three turnabout dances. And three times someone said to me, I was thinking about asking you, but I thought about it and thought I'd rather go with so-and-so. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Weird statement. Yeah. Why? why? That's not like, it's not helpful. Yeah. Is that supposed to make you feel good? What's the point of that statement? Well, I can tell you it doesn't make you feel good. (laughs) Right. Oh my. Oh goodness. Tyler, what's new with you? Goodness gracious. Well, we, let's see. We just wrapped up T-ball. Yeah. In the Bender household. Hmm. And, um, I think baseball, baseball as a sport. <clears throat> so we just went to an Indians game and we just wrapped up T-ball baseball as a sport's going to have to up its game to get my wife's attention back. Cause T-ball happens and like, it is honestly one of the most boring things my wife <laughs> could <laughs> 
possibly sit through. So, and Milo, I have a picture of him. His favorite part about T-ball was wearing the helmet, but backwards. So he looked like a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if T-ball is going to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the as the st- sport of choice, the family sport. She's already she's already like opting him out, and I was like, well, let's give him another try because it's different when like people start pitching to you and you and like there's positions. It sounds like you want baseball. I want him to not cross off things at the age of four. <laughs> <laughs> he's four years old. If he wants to play baseball, like but, he, he's always struck me as more of a basketball guy. Yeah. The other day at dinner, you guys will appreciate this. The other day at dinner, uh, somebody. I think uh, Lauren's dad asked him as he's four. He said, Milo, do you like sports or, or would you rather play a sport or play an instrument? And Milo said, drums. That's my boy. Mm. That's Jaden my boy. Gaffrin <laughs> is this kid's hero. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was his answer. It's super cute. Tyler sent me a video the other day, Tim, of his kids playing like like they were in a band in the basement. Yeah. And Milo said to Lane, okay, now I'll be Jaden and you go up there and, and be dad. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Did well, they name that band? Well, they were pretending to be church. Yeah. Oh, that's because, different. Yeah, they, uh, they, Lane locked the keys in the van. And so they couldn't drive to church. It was a Sunday morning. And so instead, Milo said, let's just pretend we're at church. I'll be dad singing. And Barry, he was dad, he was me and Barry. Okay. And so he like gave his version of what Barry does, which is please take your kids to their classrooms. Thank you. <laughs> that was his impression of Barry. <laughs> and, and Lane's job was to uh, be Jaden. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Lane wasn't up to snuff. And so Milo swapped roles. He's like, all right, Lane, you get out. I'm going to be Jaden. You be dad. <laughs> yeah. That's so, fun. That's where we are. It's pretty awesome. Um, all right. So we are, I don't even know what week we're in. We're in week four, five, five, five. We're in week five of our family tree series. So we've gone over Abraham, uh, Hagar, 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 uh, Isaac Mm -hmm. and Jacob. And now we're entering week five, right? Right. Okay. So we're recapping week four. Anyways, we're (laughs) recapping week four. I feel like we're missing something. Dave preached. Yeah, I everybody's preached, preached once. Tim preached, Dave preached, Amy, Amy preached. preached. Okay, yeah. so this is week four. Then. We've got it together. Yeah, we. Yeah, we're yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, Marin. Hi. You gave the sermon uh, in all of its nostalgic glory. <laughs> uh, bringing in WWF yeah. from the '80s. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of questions about that, but I'm you, sure you do. Who do you want to talk about? Well, you preached the sermon about Jacob. So before we talk about Hulk Hogan, yes, give us kind of the big idea or a recap of what you want to be able to take away from your sermon. Um, the big idea was that um, God wants to change us from the inside out and that he's mm-hmm. bigger than our flaws. He's bigger than our flaws. He'll give us a new name like yeah. he did with Jacob and that he'll bless us so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Mm-hmm. And I can't, read a story about Jacob wrestling with his twin brother, Jacob wrestling with uh, an angel, with the divine without thinking about WWF wrestling. So that's what that was went. my number one question is how fast did it take you to be like, Oh yeah, this is definitely Hulk Hogan, macho man worthy. <laughs> <laughs> like When um, you knew that you were going to preach about part of Jacob's story, cause we'll get there too. Yeah. That's um, right. How how quickly did you know that you needed to illustrate this using WWF from the 80s? I think it was reading the deception, the drama, mm. you know, from the womb, these brothers were arch rivals. Yeah. And then, you know, we didn't go into the part of how uh, Jacob's mother suggested he deceive yeah. Isaac, but Jacob was a totally complicit participant in this deception, but just like the costume and the Mm. trying to disguise himself in every way possible, even smelling like his brother, like the drama in this family, the two sides, the rivalry, it was literally over the top. Yeah. And then, I mean, the story of Jacob, even thereafter, 
the deceiver himself being deceived by his uncle Laban Mm -hmm. and wrestling an angel and walking with a limp. Like it's just a very dramatic life story from birth, Mm -hmm. you know, just the drama. So how do you not think of how does one not go yeah, to professional so wrestling? Talk about your personal journey with WWF or My E. Goodness. Because, because uh, friends of the pod may not know, but <laughs> you have completed almost every documentary on A&D about yes, WWF. The, the dark side of the ring. I have. <laughs> I've WWF run out of episodes. Wrestlers. I've run out of episodes. This Listen. is a hidden Ugh. known, uh, a hidden known fact about Marin. It is a gem. You love, you love this. Stuff. I love that show. Well, <laughs> my husband and I love that show. We were born in the same year, yeah. 1982. And so like we grew up in the same region. Yeah. Our television was the same. Our commercials were the same. Yeah. Our toys were in some cases the same. Like it's sure. kind of cool being able to, to share that much. Yeah. And one of the things we share is that we both grew up watching WWF wrestling. <laughs> and so when there is a documentary about uh-huh. Jake, the snake Roberts, Brutus, the Barbara beefcake, the junkyard dogs, the British bulldog, um, Jack Hacksaw, Jim Dugan, you name it. Wow. If it's out there, Heck I'm yeah. going to watch it. Okay. I'm going to watch that backstory. What about like, I got into it. Like I had all the toys when I was little because mm-hmm. I was born. Do same. you have like those, like they looked the like pillows, pillows yeah, and, and the wrestled pillows. the pillows. Yes. yes wrestling pillows. <laughs> They're uh, pillows that looked like wrestlers and you're supposed to wrestle them instead okay. of your sibling. <laughs> I am clearly <laughs> yeah. um, Tim how how, how much were you into the WWF maybe Tim's kids were into wrestling I don't, I don't know I don't, I don't know. know I don't really remember them being into yeah. wrestling um I think my son went no that was like a big truck thing he went yeah. with monster fr- truck yeah he had a friend that same was scene. into all that stuff but I, yeah same I people yeah <laughs> I don't remember. It's okay though. I'm I'm yeah. always willing to learn about <laughs> cultural things that I have no idea. Yeah. That definitely crossed my mind. I knew that there was a niche of people for whom talking about WWF wrestling would be like, oh my goodness, that's my right. jam. I knew there'd be plenty of people who had no idea what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. I went to school with Dick the Bruiser's son. Okay. And Dick the Bruiser was apparently (laughs) in the 60s, a big, big time wrestler guy. Uh But I was told immediately when upon finding out that Dick the Bruiser's son was going to be in my class that I was never to mention Dick the Bruiser. (laughs) Well, all right. So I don't suppose you ever mentioned him. No, I never said a word to him about (laughs) it. So Marin, growing up, like who was your favorite wrestler? Um, cause I was a macho man guy and breath of Hitman heart. Oh, well he's like, I he's think, like the heartthrob. I don't think he's any longer with us. No. He, Owen Hart is no longer with us. Okay. Is Brett, Brett, I think Brett's still with us. His brother know. Owen is no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ask. I'll tell you. <laughs> we have worked together okay. for how long and we've sat across from oh each other my. for this many years yeah. and well you've never known we're really we've hit what we've hit is the uh what Rock is it bottom the, well no i was gonna say the that bit in the mine where they finally find gold and it's just <laughs> yeah, like here a, we go yeah, the yeah. vein of <laughs> yeah. gold that's it yeah. Um, Who okay. was your favorite wrestler, Tyler? Well, I was, so I was into eighties wrestling, but I really got into it in the nineties. Oh, like I was when out I was, by then. I was done. Like it, when Hulk Hogan like turned heel. Like NWO. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan was Mr. Good Guy. Right, in the right, 80s. right. He was Mr. America and all the, the whole thing. And then in the nineties, he, he like dyed his goatee black. His Fu Manchu. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fu Manchu black. Okay. Can I ask a question related to all of this? Yeah. Of course. Where do the glow ladies fit into all this? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Gorgeous ladies of oh. wrestling. Oh yeah. Oh. There, was a, there was actually a movie made because the reason I ask is I played in a band with a drummer for two years <laughs> who was the guy who traveled the country with the glow ladies and made sure they didn't get into trouble. And he was married and he had an affair with Palestine and it ruined his life. Oh dear. Yeah, it was. See, you yeah. have a lot of wrestling yeah, you got stories. Well, I never asked him about You're that either. I mean, You're in would, deep, Tim. He would, he would come home from like 10 days away on the road with the gorgeous ladies. Is that like the wrestling? fabulous moolah. I think she was one of the first female wrestlers. 
Well, I don't, I don't know anything about them other than that Palestina must have. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine your name? She was the, <laughs> the, 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 um, Arabic terrorist wrestler. Oh, you know, yeah. Palestine. Well, and I, I do need to make a correction. And somebody out there caught this. Someone out there caught this. I said that uh, Macho Man was being led into the ring by his new manager, Scary Sherry, mm-hmm. which is which is somewhat true. He had his Miss Elizabeth was his original mm-hmm. manager, right. and she's like beloved like, well, I hero remember, of wrestling. I remember her, Miss Elizabeth. Somehow. Well, when he went heel and he got Scary Sherry. Her name was not actually Scary Sherry. Oh. And I knew this, but for effect and for the story, How dare you? I left it scary because that's what the announcer called her during WrestleMania five. But <laughs> her actual name is I, Sensational Sherry. I, I my make mind a is completely blown. I'm correct. Well, I think you know someone. Wait, wait. <laughs> you know the details of all the, what did you say? WrestleMania, WrestleMania five. five. I need to like post a link because yeah. it is, I cannot tell you how much I just cracked up developing the first five minutes of this message. Oh well, yeah. It was such a good time. So you watched this with your brother? Yes. Did he, did you guys do moves? Like of did course. wrestle each other? Of course. Suplexes, pile drivers. Yeah, my, yes. my sisters weren't into WWF at the time. But I was. Yeah. And so I would do moves on them. Right. And- <laughs> right. And, and knowing your sisters, I'm sure that yeah. was really a fun time. Yeah, they, them, they yeah. talk about it to this day about how like terrible that was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's two years older than I am. And like we would go from like best buds to like bitter enemies back and forth all day, just back and forth, back and forth. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads us to Jacob. Yes. In the Bible. <clears throat> and really, uh, until we get to David, he's kind of like the most like exciting character. Like the most adventure seems to happen with Jacob, right? I don't know. Stay tuned for Joseph. He's yeah, Joseph dude. is Joseph is pretty big. Well, I mean, he's the first. Jacob might be the first. Joseph may have more adventure, but Jake, like it's I mean, like Abraham. Uh, he's like he's walking around and uh, he uh, he got into some trouble. Isaac was like, we got one story of Isaac, and then Jacob. It's like twenty five chapters. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're if we're just judging on sheer volume of you know chapters yeah. dedicated to him, his life, elements of his life, that, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of Genesis mm-hmm. devoted to one guy. So he's kind of known from the, even before he was born as like, this guy's going to be trouble. He's going to be a trickster. Yep. He's going to deceiver deceiver. Mm-hmm. So let's go through it. The first, we first get the idea of his personality when he literally grabs the heel of his twin brother on the way out. Well, we first, first get, a glimpse of both of their personalities when they're wrestling each other in the womb. What a very strange and yet cool scripture. The fact that that's in there. Um, and that God told Rebecca Rebecca. that her sons would be two nations and that those nations would be rivals. So God, okay. Yeah. God comes to Rebecca and is like, Hey, you're going to have some trouble with these kids. (laughs) (laughs) And actually the younger one, or the yeah. older one will follow the younger one. Will serve the younger yeah. one, yeah. And so that's not normal. Nope. For nope. the time. Like, obviously the older one is birthright, blessing, the whole thing. Yes. And so God is telling Rebecca, that's not the way this is going to be for you. And there's like, in some of the commentaries I've read as I was studying this, there is a line of thought out there that like Rebecca kind of was forcing this prophecy to come true. Like like if she had been told that her younger would serve the older, then she was, of course the younger was going to be her favorite. Oh, and that she would do whatever she could to help the younger, you know, get the upper hand because of that prophecy, you know? Yeah. Um, And that maybe that would have happened a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, but she, she kind of, inserted her own uh, ideas. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. Or she could have been doing all that, not necessarily to make it happen, but to endear herself to the God who told her that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that she wanted to, she had been told something was going to happen. And so she wanted to make sure that she didn't get out of the, the pathway or to cause anything to go wrong from what the, the God had that 
she had been told by God. And I, we don't even know that they mm-hmm. were monotheistic, but, but this particular message told her mm-hmm. the future. And so she didn't want to do anything to mess that future up. There was also so much in the story that it just led to me thinking, I wonder so many, I wonder questions mm-hmm. surrounding so many different elements of this story. God spoke to Rebecca and told her your older son will serve your younger son. I wonder if she talked to her husband, Isaac about that. I yeah. had this crazy revelation. Yeah. I, I don't know. Why did Esau end up becoming Abraham's favorite? Was it just because he was, you know, the outdoorsy adventurous hunter type? Was it because Isaac really liked his meat and his stew and this guy could provide the meat? Well, I mean, Jacob's the one cooking it, but, yeah. oh, he asked Esau to cook it. Yeah. But anyway, this is a family that loves their soup. Yeah. All right. So let's get into that because <laughs> Jacob clearly learns that Esau's like a meathead. <laughs> That's a terrible word. <laughs> Actually, the word there, the Hebrew word is, I think it's Nazir. Nazir. What does and that mean? It means a, believe it or not, it means a bean um bean brain no a bean oriented s- s- soup or wet oh the soup yeah. it's moisture like yeah. yeah it's it's an i had i just wrote it down um a bean oriented soup yeah it's <laughs> my nephew's name is nazir i kid you not bean oriented soup i'm i'm having a brain yeah. Walk right now, but they call I it just, Nas for short. You heard a Nas? Yeah, now but you know. It, oh no, yeah. But I, I actually, I, I'll make you a promise. I'll All mention right. what it actually means in my sermon. <laughs> oh, okay, this week because, because right. it's like because they translate it stew yeah. in a lot of places, but it, right. soup is a better word. Some it's translations I saw said lentil soup. Let, the, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's a because the word actually has something to do with beans. And lentils are red. Lentils can be red. Right. A red My point stick. was you can't be that smart if you're getting tricked to trade your birthright for soup. Unless you don't think that you're actually being tricked right, for soup. Yeah. Unless right? You, yeah. Like I could say all kinds of hyperbolic things in a weird exchange with my Henri brother, you know? So like, you think Esau was like, oh yeah, good one. Like okay. I promise I'll mow the lawn for you for the rest of your life. If you give me your dessert, <laughs> like I'm sure that my brother and I had exchanges. Wow, like so that. maybe that was, that was it. And yeah. Esau already knew that he was the favorite. So at, at what point do you think Esau was like, Hey, I no take back. Like I'm, I'm taking that back. That wasn't real. I think And again, this is one of those, I wonder questions. You just have to put yourself in the story. Mm -hmm. If you're Jacob and you think you've finally gotten the upper hand because of this soup deal, (laughs) do you think that was the last time Jacob mentioned it? If he's healed. exactly. If he's heel grabber. remember the soup? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably teasing his brother with that. You know, well, the good thing all of this is mine. Good thing all of this wealth is mine. Hope that soup was good. You know, I saw a couple days ago somebody who had a paperclip and they traded that paperclip like 30 times up until they got a house. Right. That's that's a thing. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what made me think. That's what this made me think of. It's like this is like the shortcut of. I'm going to take my paperclip and I'm going to move into my house. That's a someday. master schemer. This is like, I have this soup. I'm going to have the birthright, <laughs> the birthright <laughs> of the oldest firstborn. Right, right, right. So, um, Isaac then tells Esau, like, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. I know there's a prophecy, but we're going to figure this out. And so you go get me some food. And I'm going to give you my blessing. Yeah. It is very interesting that, like I said in the message, that Isaac would choose to do it in such like a under the table way when normally this was something that would be a big deal in the family, that the the family would gather around and they would mark the occasion with a celebratory meal for him to kind of skirt around all of that and say, you know, go get me some meat and then I promise I'll just give you the blessing. That's that's yeah. shady. Do you think the prophecy had anything to do with that? 
I feel like, like I've always just kind of assumed Isaac was like, I know the prophecy says this, but we're going to figure this out. Right. Just the two of us. And we're going to, like I said, that's yeah. part of the, I wonder, I wonder yeah. if Rebecca talked to Isaac about that prophecy. Yeah. It could have been that. Or I wonder if he, as a dad heard his kids arguing over that one time yeah. you sold me soup. It's mine. That one time. Remember the soup? <laughs> right. Remember? I wonder if he just wanted to put an end to all that nonsense mm-hmm. by just look, bring me some food. And then the blessing is yours. Yeah. And he says very clearly the blessing that belongs to, to you. you, yeah, to you. Mm-hmm. That's emphatic. Yeah. Yeah. And so he tricks he basically steals the blessing as well because mama hmm. ain't nobody as slick as ain't mama. Nobody. Uh, so then he goes and lives with his uncle who also turns out to be a shady character. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get into that. That's, nope. that's what I'm talking about. So you're now. preaching about that this coming yeah, week. Talk about that. Now. Yeah. Uh, and then Genesis 31, God tells Jacob to go back basically mm-hmm. and face Esau. But like, Go home, go home to the to land where your of your are. father and your grandfather and your relatives yeah. there. So Jacob's basically scared out of his mind yeah. to face his brother because his brother wants to kill him. I mean, that's the reason Jacob fled 20 years earlier. Yeah, his brother wanted his to brother kill was going to kill him. So he vowed to kill him. So that's <laughs> when he starts praying. <laughs> well, yes and no. There is a whole part of Jacob's story. Um, Jacob's ladder. If if anyone is familiar with that story, the 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 stairway to heaven. Yeah, that's essentially stair- yeah, angels stair- ascending up and down mm-hmm. the stairway. There was not time in thirty minutes to talk about <laughs> that imagery. Yeah, and those moments. Jacob was already a praying man before this encounter, wrestling the angel. He had had other uh, spiritual encounters where he set up. Uh, pillars, altars, markers of this cool thing happened here. So I'm going to mark this place and come back to it later or whatever. Um, So no, I don't think that Jacob started seeking God when he was afraid that his brother was going to kill him. He, he had had other such encounters throughout the years. So, um, it occurred to me that when I read, oh wait, so then, so then Jacob wrestles a man or an angel mm-hmm. and he says, I saw the face of God and he won, but yeah. not before this man mm-hmm. or angel messed up his hip. Yeah. Let's talk about that man or angel. Yeah. Scripture says a man came and wrestled with him till dawn. And it's super abrupt. If you're just reading it, it's like, Okay, so then he spent the night there and he was alone. Then a man came and they wrestled. Like it, it's very strange and abrupt the way that it's written. But when you read through the end of that section and Jacob is saying, surely I've seen the face of God and yeah. he names the place Peniel. That's when you kind of realize, okay, this wasn't just yeah. a man a guy, that came yeah. along. Jacob knew he was wrestling the divine. Mm-hmm. And then you see in Hosea, where he is saying, oh yeah, Jacob wrestled the angel and Jacob wrestled God. And so you realize that this was not just a man. This was, this was divine. So it, it, he changes his name to Israel, no longer deceiver, no longer heal. And you interpret that as God, the moment where God is like, hold on to me and you're going to overcome. Cause this whole time Jacob's like, uh, you promised you would protect me. Mm-hmm. You promised that things would be okay. So, mm-hmm. right? Like things are going to be okay. Um, That's what he says in his prayer before yeah. he wrestles this angel. Yeah. yeah. And even that is just so powerful. You promised. Mm-hmm. And and it's okay to to go to God that way. Yeah. I I wondered as I was processing your sermon, it occurred to me that when I read Jacob's story, uh, I've read it in, in the past, like completely differently. When I start at the part where the angel of the Lord visits Rebecca, because when I know when, when I hear the story of Jacob, but I know that that's what happened. There is a prophecy here about Jacob's destiny. None of the things that Jacob does from that point on are like out of character from 
what I would expect somebody who is living into this prophecy would, would behave. So had that start, had that part of the story not been included, like angel of the Lord visits Rebecca and says, you're going to have a son who is this way. Um, if God didn't make it clear that his hand was on Jacob before birth, by the time Jacob cries out to God before he wrestles, mm-hmm. um, I would have looked at this and been like, Hey man, you kind of get what you deserve. Like you, you reap what you sow, Mm -hmm. but because you started with that part where like, there's a prophecy here, like none of the stuff was expected. And so, um, actually like the first time, this is the first time as you were, as you were preaching this story, this was the first time I heard this story, uh, and saw God, um, like in the face of other people. So what I mean is I never thought, I never thought of like the power of a name until you're like, he changed his name. Like mm. no more deceiver, no more heal. Like I never even mm. connected those dots before. I never thought of God urging Jacob to cling to him because I, I've always kind of looked at Jacob until like later in his life. And I don't know if this is what you're talking about. Like he starts getting tricks pulled on him later in his life. Right. But until this point, he's well, like, sure. He's yeah. The trickster. Well, the, the uncle. And then, you know, spoiler alert, but his yeah. own sons are going to say, Oh man, your brother or your, yeah. your favorite son is dead. Yeah. When that's a trick, that's yeah. a lie. They're deceiving him. And I never connected the story to the prodigal son before, mm. which is something you did. Right. I was always kind of like, I always kind of viewed Jacob as like the Loki character of the Thor comics where it's like <laughs> he's around and we love him, but we can't trust him. See, now I go to WWF yeah. and you go <laughs> to yeah. Marvel. Yeah. So he's always something. He's always up to something and is steps ahead of everybody else. Like that's just kind of how I've always thought of him. Yeah. And this is the first time I heard the story and thought about seeing the face of God in other people. So the person he wrestles, mm-hmm. he sees the face of God in this person. Um, um, I have preconceived notions of who Jacob represents or what, like mm-hmm. these tricksters or these these people in my life that are. Uh, hard to get along with, or I feel like are against me or whatever. It, it's hard to sometimes for me to see the face of God in those people. And this was the first time, like you connected the dots for me that when you started talking about prodigal son and the name of like him changing his name, like Mm -hmm. when God recognizes that his name is no longer this like burden, but something that's lighter. I was like, I started seeing Jacob in a new light. Like I started seeing God in the face of Jacob or whatever. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would have been like to have been Jacob limping away from that crazy night of wrestling. Yeah. And walking away with, I'm not Jacob anymore. Okay. I'm Israel now. Yeah. Wow. God just came and changed my name. Yeah. I can't imagine what, again, it's one of those questions of, I wonder, I wonder as he limped, to join the rest of the caravan who was across a river from him by that point. Mm -hmm. I wonder what he thought about Mm -hmm. on that journey. Yeah. I wonder how his prayers changed Mm -hmm. from that moment forward. I wonder if he sat there and thought Israel sounds like wrestles and, and God Mm -hmm. wrestles with God. And Tim, you can talk more about the name of Israel, the name Israel. It, it, it means a lot of weighty things. Mm -hmm. It, it, it can be translated a few different ways, but they all essentially mean yeah. struggle. struggle with God. Yeah. It, yeah. They all mean that. I think it's interesting to listen to you guys talk about it. The way the story was given to us, the way all these um, stories and particularly Genesis are given to us is to cause exactly what's happening in your minds is to get us to wonder and then to talk about, about the wondering mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. one another, the vast majority of the rabbinical, rabbinical midrashes about these stories are out loud wonderings about what was actually going on. Was it this, or did this happen mm-hmm. because of this? And there, mm-hmm. because that's essentially what scripture, that's why you get the, so many cases where it goes, I think this seven times, no, eight you know, like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. because then you're supposed to say to each other, well, is there a ninth? Mm-hmm. Is there a tenth? That kind of thing. And these stories make us think about what was going through their minds at the time 
so that we make connections from our lives to theirs. Mm -hmm. And they give us an opportunity to come to know God in a different way than it being just demand or platitudes that are laid on us about sort of the existential nature of the universe. No, we have to figure that out by talking to one another about it in in a community. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't, we can't answer a lot of the questions. Sure. Uh, I've read a lot of <clears throat> the statements by the rabbis over the centuries about these very characters and they're all over the map. Yeah. Yep. They're all over the map, but it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay because it gets us thinking more about who God is in the, I guess, in the fabric of our own lives in the way that he was, and he's mysterious mm-hmm. too. So it's just all interesting to me. Mm, cool. Yeah. I, I was also thinking, so when I play games and I'm playing like a cooperative game and the goal, we're all working toward the goal and we can pick from a variety of characters that we get to play as, or the, the character that we get to choose. I never pick the strongest character. I always pick the sneaky one or like the, the quiet one or the one that like can pull tricks over other people or whatever like that. That's the guy I'm always trying to go for because it, for some reason it feels better when the sneaky guy wins. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was wondering what people must have, like the first people that were reading this story, they're a part, I assume they're a part of Israel. Yeah. And they're thinking of themselves like, we're never going to conquer these other places through strength and might like Esau, like this big, strong dude. We kind of have to win through cunning and it would be great if Israel could find victory with all these like surrounding forces. But the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we behave somewhat like Jacob, where it's like, we're going to, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about, what did this mean? What did like this, was there something symbolic about how Jacob behaved and like his, his journey to one of the heroes of our faith for the Mm -hmm. early readers that, that symbolized something of like that they saw that they may have seen in themselves. Absolutely. And that, that came up a lot in, in researching for this message too. the, the early readers would have been um, early Israelites. Yeah the story of uh and this is going into Tim's message but the story of Jacob laboring for a cruel and unfair boss would have meant a lot to the Israelites under Egyptian oppression the story of uh Jacob fleeing Laban and God um uh, setting Jacob free from that oppression would have meant a lot to the Israelites who were fleeing Egyptian oppression. They would have drawn a lot of connections and parallels to their own story, but also just Israel through the centuries. If their name means wrestle, wrestle with God, struggle. And then you think about the struggles that this one particular nation chosen people group have experienced down through the centuries. It's, it's comforting to know, like, of course we're going to struggle. That's our name. Mm -hmm. It's what we do. We struggle, but we prevail. We are Jacob. We are Israel. We struggle, but we prevail with God because God has chosen us. Yeah. So how does this kind of all, how many more weeks do we have? Um, this takes us through the end of July. Okay, so right there are three characters in the New Testament, mm-hmm. and there are I think there are two more in the Old Testament. So, how, Tim, we wanted to bring you on to kind of talk like holistically how this is all fitting together. Like Jacob, we've talked about his dad, we've talked about his grandpa, we've talked about already. Um, so we just kind of wanted to like a lot of stuff gets left on the cutting room floor of Mm -hmm. all these sermons. And so this is kind of the a place where we get to talk about some of that. So let's talk about that for a second. The intention at the beginning was to focus in on moments of transition in the lives of these people, not necessarily to focus on the stuff that everybody tends to focus on, Mm -hmm. but 
to talk about a moment when they're, they had decisions to make or certain things happened that turned them from one, one direction to another. Right. And that, that was because we're talking about them as members of our spiritual family, mm-hmm. we can see them as real people who have real issues to deal with that, that in the end, those transitions move them towards a, a relationship with God, which is deeper, I guess, rooted in faith in him. Mm-hmm. And that's simply what we were trying to do. I think I said it the first week, but I may, may have just had it in my head, but I think I said our intention was to um, make these members of our spiritual family tree so real that we recognize that we too have those transitional moments in our lives and we become, we become people who walk in deeper faith Yeah, and that, that this has been going on from the beginning in the lives of the people of God, that they're, those characters are not people who had it together from the beginning of their life. And we hear about them simply because they always made the right choice and they always did the correct thing. And so they got elevated because they were the most spiritual people. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, and we just wanted it to come home to people. Yeah. Yeah. Marin, what, what questions do you have after like the first couple weeks of this series? I know you, you wrestled with how much to include mm-hmm. in your sermon. Mm-hmm. There's stuff you, you, you did it twice. You're like, we don't have time to talk about this part, but there is, there is stuff. 25 chapters. Yeah, we just so don't have time. What, like what, what do you wish you could have talked about that you didn't? That's a good question. I'll, I'll be here for a while. Maybe down the line, I can talk about that stairway to heaven <laughs> Okay, that, you know, the angels ascending and, and descending and that imagery and what that would have meant. And cause that's, it's trippy. Like there's some stuff, there's some supernatural stuff that happens in Jacob's story that is very mysterious. And right. That, that particular part of the story would have had great resonance with the people in the ancient world because he was given a he was given a look into it I find this really interesting that that image only works if you have the worldview that those people have mm-hmm. and whether or not it's true is not relevant God used not not whether he saw that is true or not but whether or not their notion of the way the world was put together is true or not. Mm-hmm. He used their, their understanding their under well, or their guess uh-huh. at what was really going on mm-hmm. to show them a bigger truth. And so much so that Jesus actually says at one point in his ministry, he says, yes. And you will see the angels descending on the son of man, on the son of man. He makes himself into the stairway to heaven. Yes. And so if we don't understand what that meant to everybody back then, then we don't get the, it just seems like a weird thing for Jesus to say, but actually he was saying something very powerful about the nature of heaven and earth and place of God in the universe and the, all sorts of things that may or may not even be true, but they still use it mm. because that's how everybody understood the world. I find that stuff just fascinating. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah, it's that kind of thing as you're, as you're studying his story and you discover these cool connections like Jesus and that quote in the new Testament and the angels descending on the son of man, that stuff is so cool. And I'd love to talk about it, but it's too much for a 30 minute yeah. message. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, that's why. I don't know how many 30 some years ago I started teaching these classes where I just go through. Yeah. I do exegetical work and don't worry about whether we finish up today. Absolutely. And Tim, your, uh, your commentary on Genesis was absolutely vital to the way that this message was developed. I did go steal a few other commentaries from your office, but kind of like reading through all of those things and through the work that you have done on this particular 
piece of Genesis was crucial and super helpful. So thank thank you you. for that. Um, Jacob's ladder, Genesis 28, if you're interested, it's very interesting read. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a, it's not a ladder. It's a stairway. Right. Exactly. It's not. Yeah. I I think it, the translators of the King James had trouble with the Hebrew Mm -hmm. and they weren't sure what the word meant. There's so much of that. So much of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The, the King James says just, it's, uh, I'm not denigrating That's the King James. That's why I read James, the New yeah. King James, yeah. Yeah. The, New uh, King James. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's, that's one of those things, Tyler. That's yeah. one of those like lingering questions of like, man, give me some hours to study mm. that, you know? Yeah. I'd love to see where that goes. Um, well, you, you at least, you did print off the entire I did. commentary. I knew So you it have your own copy for now. For all of time. <laughs> and what, now I have it. What commentary? Yours. <laughs> your biggest one. It's not, we no longer have printing paper. <laughs> well, you know, I my I think my one on John might be bigger. I have that one printed too. <laughs> um, if you send and, it but, to me, I'm printing when it. I get, when I get done with Mark. Oh, I can't wait. Stand and deliver. It's I, can't so I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, really, gird your loins. So, I mean, it's just so mad. I was I was going over my notes for the tonight when I teach the class this morning. And I thought, good Lord. And I mean that in the right right sense. It's so cool that I get to dive into this stuff at this level. Yeah, it is. So I'll just tell you what I was thinking about today that when Jesus says, give me that, they say, is it good? Can you give the, is it good for us to to pay the poll tax? Mm -hmm. Should we pay it or shouldn't we? And he says, whose inscription, whose image and inscription is on it? And they get, I mean, they give him a denarius and he looks at it. And then he says, render to Caesar what a Caesar's. And mm-hmm. Well, we miss so much about that because we know almost nothing about the coinage and the ownership of coins and all that stuff. But the thing is that if a coin had the image of an emperor stamped on it, it meant that the coin actually belonged to the Caesar whose picture was on it and you're just using it mm. as a borrowing thing. Well, it's the same word as when it's, it's the same word as when we are given made in the image of God oh. and we have the image of God stamped on us. <gasps> and so it's like, who do we, we actually belong. Our life is not our own. own. We actually oh, belong. Oh my goodness. And it's like, believe and, God. And mm. so it's like, it's this massive thing. Now, whether anybody caught it when Jesus said it is irrelevant. I don't think they did because they were talking about politics and my stuff my like my. that. But, but the idea is there. And I was just sitting thinking, how cool is this and how lo- how fortunate am I that I get to speak to people yeah. about that and to mm-hmm. put it in my notes and who knows, it may actually have an impact in somebody's life because it, it's just those sorts of things are everywhere. The scripture is so rich. Yeah. And how fortunate are we that you're doing that work and you're writing it down and <laughs> yeah. you're giving it to me so I can print it <laughs> off. How fortunate are we? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So Tim, you're preaching this coming week. I am. Um, and you'll be here next week, hopefully on the pod. I'm here. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I'm here. Hope to have you back. Yeah, I'd like to come back. I like coming. Yeah. We've got to figure out a way to transfer CDs to something. Yeah. We, got, they gave us new computers and they without CD drives. Right. Yeah. So we got to, we got to figure that out. Well, you know, we bought, when we bought the van that we have, the only reason that we bought it was because <laughs> it had a CD player. <laughs> right, yeah. Keep it in the family. Yeah, that was funny. That's funny. Somebody, two times this year, someone has left a CD in my mailbox, like here at work, my work mailbox. The Mm. first was the top 25 worship songs of 1998. And then there was like a sticky note on there that said, please include these in the rotation. (laughs) So I I still to this day don't know who did that, if they were serious or if they were joking. But this week, like yesterday, there was a CD in my mailbox. And I don't know, it might've been one of y'all. Not me. Not me. It's a Phil Keggy CD. Oh, oh cool. Me. In my mailbox. Wasn't me. Which one? Which Phil Keggy CD? Uh, it's the one with perspicuity on it. That's one of Jed's favorite Keggy songs. But yeah, thanks for the CDs, guys. Keep them coming. <laughs> no, I think Tyler has lots of Phil Keggy stories, don't you? Oh, sure I do. he does. I, I, yeah, I, 
I love I, have, I do too, but they're long ago. Yeah. When he was in Glass Harp. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Here we go. You lost us. We're talking Glass Harp. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we got it on Jacob. So, Marin, will you please send us out? I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 